Hey guys, this is Brendan from Wicked Love, and you're listening to Concerts That Made Us. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Welcome to the podcast, Conscience That Made Us. Interviews and stories, tales from the bus. We love taking you back to when it all went down. The greatest live shows and that cheering crowd sound. It's concerts, concerts that made us, concerts that made us.com. <sighs> On this episode, I'm joined by Brendan from Wicked Love. Wicked Love are a fantastic band with a great 80s rock sound. I know you're going to love them. We chat about everything to do with the band from breaking up a couple of years ago and reforming to future plans and some pretty cool concert experiences. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Doesn't mess around 
Brendan, you're very welcome to Concerts That Made Us. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here, man. I'm delighted to have you. I uh, I haven't heard an album quite like yours, I think, since the 80s. How, like, ah, why isn't uh, Motley Crue or Def Leppard sitting in front of me right now? <laughs> <laughs> we opened the show with Wicked Love. It's off your latest release, Wild Ride. Would you like to tell us a bit about it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Wild Ride was a almost like a, a, a passion project of me and Austin's. We started the band in 2015, you know, so I'm, I'm 33 now, so we're a little bit older. Um, but uh, when, when we were younger, you know, we grew up with um, all that 80s hair metal inspiration. And we always knew that we wanted to create something and kind of bring that back. Uh, 2015 it was a it was a little bit harder than it is today because you know the the internet wasn't as as prevalent as in in their advertising and such like that so when we came out with wild ride it was our our first ep of our first songs that we wrote and uh we came out with it and, and we came and we put it on spotify but not it wasn't it wasn't advertised properly and only like family and friends saw us and so you know, when we, uh, you know, the band broke up and then six years later we got back together and we were like, let's, let's get the band back together, man. So we re-released Wild Ride and we were able to put a little bit more of a backing behind it. And that's why, you know, people such as yourself are, are starting to see this. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is that I always tell everybody that, um, you know, we, we cut those songs when we were younger and, we didn't have as much experience as we do now and we've only gotten better. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much where wild ride came from. Um, obviously we have so many more songs that we have and are ready to come out with. So what's the process like for you guys when it's time to make new music, do you kind of lock yourselves away from everyone to find the inspiration or what way do you do it? Goodness, I wish we could. I wish we had time to lock ourselves away. <laughs> you know, that would be that would be great. Like, kind of do like a Led Zeppelin thing when they went up into the mountains, into that castle or whatever. But um, yeah, um, really, for me, it, it's all about it's all about hooks for me. So the the more hooks, the better. I'm big on on melody, um, and usually what happens is honestly, I'll, I'll be in the shower. And I'll just start humming something and coming up with a melody. And then usually it's a chorus. So I usually start with my choruses and then I send them to Austin and I say, Hey man, can you write something badass to this? And he goes, I'm going to give it a shot. And then uh, we create a song that way. That's how it starts. And then the lyrics always come afterwards. I see. I see. And what has the reaction from fans been like this time around? Are you noticing a lot more? You know, is it being received a lot better? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's it's amazing how well it's being received. You know, um, when we first did this, you know, we didn't get we didn't get interviews like this. We didn't get phone calls. We didn't get um, propositions from people. And now we're just starting to see a lot more people, you know, obviously a lot more action on um, social medias. Uh people messaging us it's it's been really awesome and the, and the big thing with me is that i i absolutely like i'm the front man so i love to talk 
right? So I love it when when people send me messages and I love it when fans talk to me because I will literally talk your ear off. There is no stopping me. So <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And something I've always wondered is I've noticed there's a small amount of bands coming out now with an 80s sound. What do you think of that? You know, do you think the 80s sound is kind of received well nowadays or would you be afraid that you're going to be pigeonholed as kind of like an 80s tribute? So we and we've talked about that before, obviously. Um we've we've been afraid that we'd we'd be stuck in um the 80s category and people would think that, you know, I like to think we have kind of more of like uh I mean obviously you can tell we're 80s inspired. Um it's 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 really tough to say that we're not 80s because of my voice because everything that just comes out of my mouth sounds 80s. So um but I like to think that we also have a little bit of a modern twist to it. Um it doesn't sound 100% 80s. I think we're more so looking for the the musical structure and bringing that back, you know, with the with, with the guitar solos and and the the group vocals, um, and, you know, and and for us, we're still we're still trying to almost find our own sound, sort of thing, and and I think we're pretty darn close to finding that. You mentioned you have a couple of new songs that you've been working on. What's different from them ones to the ones you've released already? So um, the difference between these ones is, oh, man, um, they're just they're just structured better. Um, they lyrically more. I know Wild Ride is more of like a party, a party song. So the lyrics are right there. You can't miss them. They're easy to sing. And, and we structured that song that way. So it was easier for people to sing along while we're playing it. But we're starting to, you know, stuff more lyrics in there. We obviously, Austin has only gotten better at the guitar. We have a couple new guys in the band and they add in, you know, some of their own flair, which is awesome. So to give the listeners a sense of where you've come from, we'll dive into your, your history when it comes to music a bit now, if you don't mind. So if you can know, what was your earliest musical memory? My earliest musical memory. <laughs> so my earliest musical memory is going to be riding in the back seat of my mother's uh, Toyota 4Runner and Eddie Money playing on the radio. That's one of the first things. Um, and it was, uh, which song was it? It was, um, oh, what's that one famous one? Not the, not the Tickets to Paradise, the other one. Oh, God. <laughs> um, the one with the, with the girl in it. Oh, God, I can't remember. It. But it was, it was Eddie Money. And then other than that, believe it or not, another one of my first musical memories would have to be um my first cassette tape and that would have been um warrant oh. warrant on cassette was my first i was i was a big time i was a big time warrant fan when i was around like seven years old i loved Janie lane i loved his voice and then uh you know it just went from there you know from my parents listening to it um my mother's boyfriend, when I was 13 years old, was big into Motley Crue and, and Guns N' Roses and, 
it just grew and grew and grew from there. And then obviously, you know, I moved on to other things. I, I got really big into like the, I went through my punk phase and my pop punk phase when I was like later teenagers and stuff. And then I think it was when I was 19 years old, you know, I almost rediscovered eighties hair metal again. And then it just completely enveloped my life. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And you know, during your teenage years, what kind of music were you being exposed to by your peers? And how do you think it molded you into the musician you are today? Oh, good question. And you know what? I have an awesome answer for you. So um, obviously a lot of it was uh, pop punk at the time in the early 2000s. Um, and I think I listened to a lot of that music because in pop punk, you know, you you. Pop punk is a lot like 80s hair metal without without like the the guitars, the you know, the guitars sounding like they did in the 80s. You know, you still had those high vocals and those pretty vocals and those pretty melodies, just like the 80s hair metal. So, I mean, I got into that because of the girls, man, the girls <laughs> like that, mm. you know, so, yeah. <laughs> so I would listen to, you know, what the girls liked because I wanted to hang out with the girls. I wanted to, you know. I was attracted to the women, man. <laughs> yeah. So I that's think a good that's, reason. That, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of musicians will tell you, man, I mean, shit, I started playing the guitar because I wanted to write a song about a girl. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, what was the point then in your early life when you realized, seriously realized, I want to be a musician. So, um, you know, I used to write funny songs. I was, I was, you know, I'm a funny guy, so I like to crack jokes. So it started with me writing music in a funny way, you know, funny lyrics and making people crack up with them. And I did that when I was like uh, 16 years old, 15 years old. And I didn't really get serious into thinking about actually being a musician until I was in the Navy. Oh. And I got caught playing my guitar on break one time. And there was a chief, his name, so I'm going to call his name out. His name is Alan Nas. He uh, caught me in the VLS systems playing the guitar, hearing me sing. And he told me, I'll never forget. He said, what are you doing here, man? So what are you talking about? And he's like, what, what are you doing in the Navy? He's like, you got such a good talent. He's like, you need to get out and pursue music. And, you know, him being my superior at the time, I was like, you know what? I think he's right. I think I should probably get out and pursue music. <laughs> so I did. I did. As soon as I got out, man, I I uh I started singing and I started playing music. And you know, I moved my whole life down south to Charleston, South Carolina. And that's when I found Austin and unlocked the uh limitless possibilities of writing 80s hair metal style music. Yeah. And in those days, was it hard to find like-minded people to put a band together? You know what? I thought it was going to be really hard. And I don't know if I don't know if it was because I got really lucky. Um, just right time, right place. You know, I'd never been in a band before other than like a high school band. But um, like I said, when I moved down here, you know, I just put myself on, you know, almost like the classified ads, you know, Craigslist. And I said, you know, I, I sing like these guys. I sing like um, CJ Snare. I sing like Jenny Lane. I sing like 
Axl Rose, blah, 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 blah. I'm looking to be in a band like that. And I think it was like probably about maybe four days and Austin got a hold of me. And I was just like, wow, this is, this is great. Let's do it. It was meant to be so. And it, well, especially, especially at that time in, in 2013, 2014 and 15, you know, like you said, this style of music, nobody was like really into it. And, you know, it, it's, it's getting there. I think we've had the help of, of, uh, you know, um, like stranger things, you know, that, that TV show has helped out a lot. So, you know, we're at this point right now where we're like, oh my God, maybe this is it. This is the time. This is the time to do it. This Maybe it's, it's coming around for us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The process of breaking up a few years ago, you know, do you think there's anything you could have done differently or is there anything you would have changed that would have kept that version of the band together? Um, you know what, man, I'm going to say this. I think it was meant to happen that way. I really do because, you know, we were all younger. We had shot up pretty fast. We weren't ready for it. You know, we, we were a band for six months and we ended up opening up for five finger death punch and Seether. You know, we saw it happening so fast and I just don't think at where we were, we weren't ready for it. And I think at the time it was sad and we felt like our dreams kind of failed. But since getting back together and doing this and writing a few new songs that we have, it just, it feels so right. It feels so good. We've got the backing of, of so many good people, um, so many awesome fans that stuck with us even through the breakup. And I just, you know, I'm very, very confident about what we have right now. So I wouldn't have had it any other way. I think this was the, I think this was meant to happen. The local music scene then in South Carolina, what is it like? Is it very overcrowded? Is there much competition? It's, it's, it's not overcrowded. I mean, there's a bunch of other bands. I mean, obviously, there's not going to be another band like Wicked Love. We do have a pretty um, big rock scene here. Um, we've got some hardcore bands. But the rock scene is pretty much just the rock scene. You know, there's not... It, it's, it's tight-knit. There's just... It's not that big. So if you were to go do a show and, and, and title it as a rock show, the same people show up, you know, you're not getting too many new people coming in and, and wanting to discover new local music. So it's hard. And I think it's hard for everyone everywhere in every city and every state and every country for rock and roll right now. I think rock and roll has always really had a tough time since after the 90s. But, I mean, if we stick it together and we keep going, you know, it it could become something beautiful. True, true. In a post-COVID world, what is it like trying to get a band off the ground? You know, from everything to booking shows to getting the name out there. Yeah, so we missed we missed the whole COVID thing. Um, we got back together last year probably around about a year ago and we started doing shows um probably in march of this year so 
we didn't really get to see any of the um, the downside of COVID. And we also live in a state where it's not really locked down too much. So, and obviously we haven't been on tour yet. We haven't gone to other places. So to tell you the truth, I couldn't really tell you what it was like, but just from listening to the other people in the rock community, you know, and other guys that, you know, they do these weekend warrior stuff as their actual job. I heard a lot of people were, were in a bad place and having a really hard time because everything was shut down. You know, you essentially took away all these musicians' jobs, and some of them haven't come back from that. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them haven't. A weird one, though. I know you weren't a band during COVID, but you're a band now. You can see what the scene is like. Do you think the way COVID totally decimated the music industry, do you think there's anything that has come as a result of COVID that benefits the music industry? Wow. Let me think. Um, okay. So yeah. Um, so that, you know, everybody tried to do, and especially as musicians, they tried to figure out how they could continue. And I know it's not the same as going out to a venue and being with your buddies, having a couple of drinks and, and, and hanging out with them. But, you know, they tried to find ways through, you know, Facebook live, and, and, and broadcasting their stuff so that people could see. I, you know, if it was, and I understand from a business perspective, right? And I can only say this as a local guy that still has a full-time job, but if it was, if it was me, I would have never charged anybody to come and see a virtual concert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, I, but like I said, I totally understand why a lot of the big name artists did do that because that's their job, you know, and they lost that because of COVID. But it was really cool because people found an innovative way to still try and get their music out to people. So I, I would say that that's a pretty cool benefit to what happened. But then again, you know, you got a downside to that too, because a lot of people got used to just not going anywhere. So, yeah. True, true. And we'll jump into your concert experiences for a bit. As a concert goer, what concerts do you think have made you? Okay, so obviously Firehouse, um, absolutely unbelievable band. Um, I love that band with a passion. They changed me a lot. Um, my first my first concert that I went to when I was 14 years old was OzFest. Um, I saw Marilyn Manson um, put a microphone inside a woman. So that was, okay. as a 14-year-old, that was really awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so, you know, it, it, it was, uh, yeah, that was really cool. That'll always stick with me. And then um, another one is Kiss. Right. Kiss um, completely changed my perspective on on concerts, you know, because concerts are supposed to be they're supposed to be a show. Mm. You know, you're supposed to. And oh my god, man, have you ever seen Kiss live? I actually have. I seen them back in two thousand nine, and it absolutely blew my mind. <laughs> Isn't it unbelievable that the yeah. feeling of the 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 explosives like hitting you in the chest? Yeah, and yeah. The, the heat from the flames. Oh yeah, and that, even that, 
when they're flying around and yeah you know, oh and it's just lines and yeah it just really goes to show you it's like you know this it's it's more than music because i wasn't the biggest biggest kiss fan in the world you know and i went and saw them because i was like well i've got to go see them before they're done and it completely changed my mind i was like these guys like it it's not just about the music it's about the experience and that's you know that's a really really big thing that me and the boys really want to do i mean obviously we don't have the funds for it yet but you know i've got so many crazy ideas up in my head <laughs> you know it's it's funny you mention kiss because I ask a lot of musicians, obviously, about their concerts. And I want to say like 90% of them will say the day they saw Kiss changed them forever. You know, and yeah. I feel like Kiss don't get that recognition almost. You know, obviously, they're rock gods. And yeah. I think there's a side of them that's a bit of a joke as well. People kind of take the, the piss out of them saying, oh, they sold out and all that. But like the amount of musicians and bands we wouldn't have today if it wasn't for kiss you know yeah yeah i mean um like look, look at uh look at uh phil from uh death leopard wasn't he was in a um in like a, a kiss cover band yeah when when they found him at the bar yeah 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 and wasn't it was it one of the guys that's in kiss now started off in a kiss tribute band as well I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I think I think he might have been. But um that's awesome yeah. though. I hope so. I hope that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's like something of a movie. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it's like from the movie Rockstar when uh, Marky Mark got picked out of the crowd. Oh, I absolutely love that that film. Yeah, one that of the, great movie. Yeah, one of the best music films. And what do you look for in a concert then? I know you spoke about Kiss and everything, but when you're when a concert is announced, what's the deciding factor of if you're going to go or not? Well, man, I'll tell you what, and I'm not going to lie. I haven't been to a concert in a very, very, very long time. But, um, you know, the big thing is, is that it's got to be a band that I like, obviously. Um, um, another thing is, is like, what kind of perks am I going to get? Right. If I pay extra what am I going to get? You know, so, you know, my wife, she paid extra one time for us to go see firehouse and I got to meet all of them and they signed a guitar and gave me a guitar. Oh man. You know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right? And so it, it's, it's, I think it's a big thing, you know, to have your perks, to have, if you're putting up a show, maybe you can have a selection of things that you can like tier system of what you can do and go to see fans. Um, Obviously, I'm not that big yet, and I really don't care about the money. I just want to see people. So, like I said, I'll I'll talk to anybody they want. Um, I love interacting with fans. Um, another thing that's really cool too about concerts is when when um, the band you know takes takes time to talk to the audience. Yes, yes, you know? definitely. Yeah, not just not just go out there do your 12 songs, get the fuck off the stage. You know, it's, it's interact, interact with the people. They want, they want to feel like they mean something to you because they do. They're the reason you're there. They are the reason that you're on the stage. 100%. Yep. You need to make it a personal experience for them. 
Yeah. Oh, 100. Yeah, absolutely. That's why whenever I'm on stage, I try to point and stare at as many people as I can that are in the stage or in, in the crowd. I always call people out. I like to find out, like, like if I see a girl wearing a pretty dress, you know, I'll, I'll tell her that her dress is pretty. You know, it's little things like that that really stick with people and make them longtime fans. That's it. That's it. Exactly. And we'll jump onto your own gigs then. For any listeners that haven't caught one of your shows, what can they expect? Oh, man. Um, sex appeal. yeah um high energy um i i go nuts on stage i'm always sweating bullets by the end of it um i like i said i love to interact i love to talk you're gonna laugh you're gonna cry um from our ballads you know (laughs) Uh, and I think you're just going to have a good time and you're going to you're going to realize that you're going to find yourself singing along to a lot of our songs, because like I said earlier, you know, we made them so they're they're easier to sing so people can interact with us so that the crowd can have a good time. And a lot of bands don't do that anymore. And, and we try to do that. We try to bring back the greats of yesteryear. Is there a gig experience that you would revisit over and over again that just tops everything for you? Ah, uh, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. We've all been pretty standard so far. Um, I, you know, nothing, nothing holds bar to when we originally were the original band and we opened up for Five Finger Death Punch. The crowd was massive, um, which it's so much easier to play for a, a huge crowd than it is playing for 10 people in a in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> so much easier. Right? I, I, it, it's, it's unbelievable. But just to see all those faces, you know, and it was at that point right there, you know, like I didn't have to go anywhere else. I already felt like I made it. You know, I didn't have to do anything. You know, I wasn't I wasn't making millions of dollars. I wasn't, you know, flying jets or marrying supermodels. I was in front of 10,000 faces that were all smiling and enjoying our music and and they were happy. And that that was it right there, man. You know, I made it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and not to get too negative now but is there a gig experience that you would say was possibly the worst and how did you overcome it yeah 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 um there was a gig experience that man i really don't want to talk about it It was just recently too and i don't want to get yelled at if somebody listens to this (laughs) but we had (laughs) we had one gig experience you know where just our drummer was sick. Um, the sound was atrocious. Uh, we couldn't hear each other. Um, and the big thing was we just we just continued on. We just tried to make the best of the situation as possible. Um, it was a it was a shitty situation right off the bat because there was things going on with the weather that we couldn't control and I was mad because I wanted them to postpone the show, but they wouldn't postpone the show. 
And it was just, they, they should have never had the show and they didn't give, it, it just really pisses me off because it was a local showcase and, you know, it, it, it hurt the local bands, which made me mad. Right. I didn't care about myself. You know, I just, I just wanted the other guys to, you know, be able to have fun and stuff like that. And I feel like, you know, they got the ax job because they can decided to continue the show in shitty situations. So, yeah. You know, I always love getting an insight into this. The day of a show, how do you psych yourself up just before the show? What's your pre-show ritual? And then how do you wind yourself down after the show? Okay, so my pre-show ritual is I have, uh, first I wake up and then I start my horrible um, panic attacks and anxiety. Uh, and then I freak out all day to the point where I want to vomit. Um, yep. And then I'm just nervous all day. I don't eat anything. I barely drink anything. And then I do the show. <laughs> and then afterwards, it's a complete 100% dopamine dump. And I um, usually eat my weight in food and I sleep. Right. <laughs> 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 Yep, that's that's pretty much it. Me and me and Austin have pretty much the same pre-show rituals. For some reason, we just get horribly, horribly anxious. And <laughs> but once we start doing the show, and actually, when the first note comes out of my mouth, it usually goes away. But everything, and I don't know why, man. I just I get horrible, horrible anxiety. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I've heard some people say that, you know, that's a good thing before to get on stage. But I don't know. I, I feel like you have the extreme version that probably isn't <laughs> a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> no, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. You know, I kind of just uh, I try to swallow it and, and 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 do what I'm supposed to do in order to make the experience the best experience for our fans. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And as the front man, how do you work on your stagemanship, you know, from keeping the audience entertained and how do you perfect that? You perfect it by watching. You perfect it by looking and watching. You go on the Internet and you look at shows that somebody would say, Hey, this was the best concert that I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, why, why was it the best concert? Let me see what's going on. It's studying, you know, we're me and Austin. We like to take our shows and we like to watch videos of them. Kind of like we're a football team watching reels of our own games. You know, we take, we take what we do pretty seriously because we love to do it and we want to be the best at it. So we watch everything from the 80s, you know, on YouTube. We watch as many things and we we gather information and we build on that. And then another thing is, is obviously a lot of it comes naturally to be quick witted, to be able to say things fast, um, to be able to keep the show going if something wrong happens. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Practice, 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 and and research. Ah, I see, I see. And how do you guys measure success? Oh, man, I've already made it. Right. I've already made it, man. I'm talking to you. 
<laughs> I yeah. see. I see. Yeah, I've, I've, I've. Uh, are you, are you in Ireland? I am. I am. Yeah. I, hey, man, I made it. We made it to Ireland. I you made it. Did. I, I made it. <laughs> That's success for me, man. That, that, that really is. I just want you know, after being a becoming a father, and I know you can relate to that. It's, it's legacy is a big thing for me, you know. And I always tell people this, I say, the reason I continue to write music is not so much for me, but it's for my son, because when I'm dead and gone, he can listen to his daddy and he can listen to his voice and he'll have a million songs to listen to. So it's funny you should say that, actually, I often have a very similar thought about the podcast is that when I'm gone my daughters can listen to the episodes to hear my voice. Right? Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah. It's so awesome. We're so blessed. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And to follow on from that question then, in 30 years or 40 years' time, you know, when you're old, you're grey, you need a Zimmer frame to get on stage. What <laughs> needs to have happened with your career for you to look back and feel fulfilled and happy? Oh man, I just want my son to be proud of me. That's it. I just want, I want my wife to be proud. I want my son to be proud. Um, and that's, I want, I want my fans to, to be happy. It's, you know what I want? I want, I want to go out like James Taylor, man. I watched his, uh, his farewell tour or whatever. And it was just, it was just really, really awesome. You know, it was really awesome to see, what the people said about him. This was years and years and years ago when I was watching it, but you know, he was just surrounded by a lot of loved ones and a lot of family. And it almost felt like there was just like, there was no drama. I can't really think of any drama that might have came in James Taylor's life that was put on the news, you know, no, actually. <laughs> yeah. So I imagine I would like it to be like that, you know, Sounds perfect. And before we dive into the last couple of questions, you've already told us you have a, a couple of songs in the pipeline. What are your future plans? What's locked in place? Well, future plans are in February of 2023, we will be going into the studio to work on 10 more songs and probably release one every month throughout 2023. And as we're doing that, we plan on doing um, weekend warrior stuff. So coming to a city near you in the States. But you guys, if you want us over there, bring us over. We'll come. <laughs> Just let us know where to go. <laughs> It'd be brilliant to get you guys over here. Yeah, I'd love that. That'd be awesome. I would yeah. love to do a month tour over there. Why not? That'd be great. I'll bring my kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Show them around Ireland and Europe. Yeah. Be pretty cool. Pretty cool. Right. We'll dive into the last one. So if you could see any performer from history in concert for one night only, who would it be? Oh, man. Probably be Freddie Mercury. I completely understand. Yeah, I think I think that would be amazing. You know, the 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 video from him doing um, Band-Aid and Live Aid and stuff like that was just holy smokes, man. Powerful stuff. Powerful, powerful stuff. I would love to see that. Either that or Janie Lane. 
Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. And if you had to spend 24 hours locked in a room with any musician from history, who would it be? Ooh. Oh, my goodness gracious. Ah, oh, see, it's like I was a huge Michael Jackson fan when I was a kid. And it's like, should I pick Michael Jackson or like do I go and like pick like Johann Sebastian Bach just so I can get a little bit more history? You know, or like who do I pick? Oh my God. Oh man, that's such a tough question. <laughs> Holy smokes. Oh my goodness. Let's just go with Michael Jackson. I'm a huge Michael Jackson. I love Michael Jackson so much. (laughs) (laughs) I really do, man. Like, (laughs) yeah, he's, yeah, his music was awesome. I have to ask them, what would you hope to learn from Michael Jackson in those 24 hours? Yeah. um, I want to know how he did that with his voice. Right. Because if you've ever seen interviews with him and stuff like that, he talks like this, that. It's not his real voice. No, no. He was doing that on purpose. Yeah. Right. And, and and when he sings, right. And just teach me, just teach me how to do that, man. Teach me how to sing, man. That's like, I want to know <laughs> and dance. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> right. And an 80s style rock band doing the moonwalk. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, oh, it, it, oh, I can do them all, man. <laughs> like I said, when I was, when I was a kid, Michael Jackson was big for me. So. I want to see that on YouTube now. <laughs> okay, you, you know what? Next show that we do, I will moonwalk and have somebody videotape it, and then I'll send it to you. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> and what song would appear on the soundtrack to your life? Oh, man, these questions are serious. <laughs> um, Hardline rhythm from a red car. Okay, why so? Um, Just because it's just a badass song. You know, I feel like, it's a good cruising song and any song that's a good cruising song is going to be a song that you want in your life. You know, whenever I hear that song, I think about jumping in a Trans Am, pulling the T-top off, you know, lighting up a cigarette, throwing my shades on and just burning out. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Now we're going to close the episode with, your track stay would you like to tell us about it give it a bit of an introduction yeah so stay is our ballad um it's about love loss um and it's about just being super heartbreak and no matter what you don't want the person to leave but guess what they are (laughs) and you're just begging you're begging begging please we wrote that one i believe um you know i think austin will deny it but think he was going through a hard time with uh leaving his girlfriend at the time well they split up and uh you know he wanted to write something so and i had split up with my girlfriend at the same time too so but i'm gonna put the blame on him so (laughs) (laughs) right right (laughs) listen brendan it's been an absolute pleasure i've loved getting an insight into your music now awesome man thank you thank you for having us man and thank you for listening over there
I probably regret Based on the lack of love that I haven't given yet You and I belong together
Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. And if you're interested in signing up to Band Builder Academy, use the link in the show notes below and enter the code CONCERTS and you'll receive 10% off. So, until next time, keep rockin'. Hey. Hey, what are you guys still doing here? The show's over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. Bye.